This is Make It Okay Stories, the podcast brought to you by the Iowa Healthy Estate Initiative. Make It Okay is a community campaign to reduce stigma by starting conversations and increasing understanding about mental illness. In this podcast, you'll hear from Iowans who want to share their personal stories of living with mental illness in an effort to reduce stigma for others. This episode features Ray, Chief Strategy Officer at Business Solver in West Des Moines, who has depression. Before we hear from Ray, we'd like to take a moment to thank the organization that she leads, Business Solver, for supporting this podcast. Since 1998, Business Solver has delivered market-changing benefits technology and services supported by an intrinsic responsiveness to client needs. The company creates client programs that maximize benefits program investment, minimize risk exposure, and engage employees with easy-to-use solutions and communication tools to assist them in making wise and cost-efficient benefit selections. Founded by HR professionals, Business Solver's unwavering, service-oriented culture and secure SaaS platform provide measurable success in its mission to provide complete client delight. Learn more and download a suite of free resources to assist you in promoting mental health in the workplace at businesssolver.com. Thank you, Business Solver. Now it's time to hear from Ray. Content warning, this story includes references to suicidal ideation. Hi, my name is Ray Shanahan, wife, mother of two adult, well almost, two adult sons, and two gorgeous golden doodles. I've spent the last two decades working alongside my husband, John, as we helped to grow a business from a startup to over 1,200 employees. And thanks for taking time to listen to my story. I want to start by emphasizing that people can live positive and productive lives even with a mental illness. For those of you that have watched the movie Get Out, when Chris Washington, played by Daniel Kaluuya, was in limbo after hearing the stirring of the spoon in the saucer and knowing something was happening but could not actually do anything, that is how I feel about my relationship with my mental health. Today I'm going to share three concepts I've encountered in my mental health journey. Radical acceptance, empathy, and toxic positivity. As a woman in her early 50s, I'm going to share my story. I grew up in a family where we didn't express much positive emotion, and there certainly was plenty of anger. I don't recall a particularly happy childhood. I think you could easily say that I was called moody. I labeled it as moodiness because what else could it be? It was a moodiness that caused extremes, often out of proportion for the situation at hand, taking nearly everything I did to extremes, including intense reactivity to the actions and emotions of others. My dad was a strict PE teacher at the junior high where I went, and I was teased and taunted. I internalized this, and the anger fueled me. Fueled me to be better than, fueled me to bad decisions, fueled me to what I now appreciate was more than just a female teenager's hormones. So fast forward to my mid-30s. I owe it to John, my husband, for helping me see the light. We had worked side by side for years and often our work would come home and I would have highly emotional reactions, tears virtually every day over something going on. He told me that something isn't right with me. I shouldn't feel and act this way day after day after day. At first I was defensive, but I said there are people that have it way worse than me. I now understand this as comparative suffering. I don't need help. I can fix this on my own. But he persisted. He made it okay. I hung my head and said I would seek help from a counselor. 
Of course, I walk into my first appointment and I make it clear to her that I do not need medication. I bet a couple of you listening might chuckle at that statement. In one of my sessions, I made a comment that I think about suicide every day. The conversation carried on and we finished our session. I received a phone call the next morning and it's like she went back through her notes or listened to a transcript and called me alarmed about my comments that I made about thinking about suicide every day and do I need help immediately? I think that was a turning point. I had never admitted that out loud and thought it just must be normal when I shared this in my session. To hear the urgency in her voice the next day, I said, "Uh uh-oh, this might be bigger than something I can manage all by myself. From a diagnosis standpoint, she put me in the clinical depression bucket. Evidently, the frequent suicide thoughts moved me from the mild depression category. At that point, I decided to radically accept my diagnosis as fact. I said, let's do this medication thing. Of course, medication alone is not the automatic answer. But what I did find is that it helped to soften the extremes of my emotions, gave me a way to regulate my emotions, tolerate distress, and be a bit more effective interpersonally. There was a time I was definitely worried about the stigma, that something was wrong with me and that I needed medication. Early on, I would be embarrassed to enter on forms the medication I was taking. I had made a goal that I wanted to be able to stop taking the medication. My doctor reiterated that there is not a cure for clinical depression, that it is natural to continue to take the medication. And if I feel better, that I'm more stable, that is all the more of a reason to stay on the medication. With my emotional roller coaster more stabilized, my therapist suggested to apply the gap, meaning for every stimulus, there is a choice in how to respond. Check the facts rather than lead with my emotions and assumptions. Something I was not able to consistently do. Ah, And my husband might say I need to continue to work on applying the gap. My therapist also introduced me to the concept of radical acceptance of certain things, especially things that are out of my control. I've been on medication now for over 20 years and have completely accepted that I have something that I alone cannot fix. It hasn't been easy. I still have feelings of sadness, tearfulness, emptiness, hopelessness. I still have anxiety, can be easily agitated, definitely felt feelings of worthlessness or guilt. I still fixate on past failures and self-blame and do still think about suicide on a daily basis. I did a few years of professional therapy. Then I engaged a personal coach who also had a therapy background. And now I'm seeking counseling again. Like many of you, COVID has been a challenge and I feel the need for more professional support. I've covered radical acceptance Now I want to talk about empathy. Empathy fosters inclusion. A business solver, we are on our sixth year of publishing a study on empathy. We incorporated questions about mental health and its role in being an empathetic employer. And the first year I was presenting at a large client event, I decided that that was the time to make my own personal struggle known. I did this to show mental illness does not discriminate and I wanted to openly show that I was not afraid of any associated stigma. Since then, I have shared my story within the walls of Business Solver, have been on other podcasts and webinars, and I must admit, 
I was surprised with the impact it has had on people. Many people have connected with me and thanked me for sharing my story. I will leave you with this call to action. I am passionate. That is not just about making it okay for the person suffering to talk about it. I believe it is imperative we help those not suffering from mental health to learn how to listen. I just listened to a podcast from Brene Brown where she was interviewing Dr. Susan David, and I quote, Toxic positivity is forced false positivity. It may sound innocuous when you share something difficult with someone and they insist that you turn it into a positive. What they're really saying is, my comfort is more important than your reality. If we can stop people from saying we're in the same boat, it's a step in the right direction because we are not in the same boat. Really sincerely listen. Help people understand really listening can be uncomfortable. I'm an advocate for prioritizing empathy and radical acceptance and removing toxic positivity from our workplace. It makes a social impact that is not only felt in workplaces, but in our homes, communities, and countries. To do this, we must be better stewards of our own mental health, learning of techniques to navigate difference and overcome biases. We need to understand the concept of active listening and brave, uncomfortable conversations that lead to understanding. And we need to utilize trusted, credible resources to improve our own mental health literacy and help those around us. I hope my story helps someone along their emotional journey. Let's make it okay to share and listen. Thank you, Ray. You can read more stories just like Ray's on the stories page of the Make It Okay website. Find it at makeitokay.org backslash Iowa. Depression is common. Here to tell us more about this condition is Dr. Michael Porosky with Mercy One. Hello, my name is Dr. Michael Porosky, and I'm a psychiatrist at Medical Associates Clinic in Dubuque, Iowa, and the chair of the Department of Psychiatry at Mercy One Dubuque. The more we can understand mental illness and common conditions, the more we can talk about them, reduce stigma, and make it okay. I'm here to share some common signs, symptoms, and treatments for a condition you just heard about, depression. Depression is one of the most common conditions for which people seek treatment from a psychiatrist. According to the National Institutes of Mental Health, about 11 million people over the age of 18 have had an episode of severe depression, 35% of whom did not seek treatment. And about 3.2 million people aged 12 to 17 have had severe depression, and about 60% of them did not seek treatment. While there are many reasons that people don't seek treatment, one common reason is not knowing where to go, and another is stigma about seeking treatment itself. Depression is a condition in which people experience a collection of symptoms together over two or more weeks. These symptoms can include depressed mood, not enjoying things like someone used to, feelings of guilt or feelings of worthlessness, lower energy, poor concentration, changes in appetite where someone may eat more or less than they typically do, changes in their sleep where someone may sleep a lot more or a lot less than is typical for them, or changes in their activity level where they feel more agitated or more slowed down. People can also have suicidal thoughts which can range from feeling like it'd be better off if they didn't wake up in the morning to making plans to end their life. According to a recent report from Mental Health America, the rates of depression and suicide have been increasing over time. 
These rates were increasing prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. However, the changes brought about by this pandemic, as well as significant amounts of loneliness and isolation felt by people going through it, has caused these rates to increase even more. The number of people seeking treatment for depression and anxiety both has gone up significantly since the pandemic. In a survey by Mental Health America, they identified the rate for depression had gone up about 62%. And of the people they screened with depression, about 8 in 10 had symptoms that were in the moderate to severe end of the spectrum. There is some hope, though. Depression is highly treatable. Some common treatments for this can include individual therapy, group therapy, medications, diet and exercise, and reaching out to others and talking to them, and just trying to stay connected can help. If you or someone you know is experiencing symptoms of depression, I would recommend reaching out. Reach out to your loved ones, or reach out to your loved one who's struggling. Reach out to a therapist or a psychiatrist who can help connect you with appropriate treatment for this, whether this be therapy, medications, or something else. Life is short, and none of us deserve to suffer. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Dr. Porosky, for helping us better understand this condition. And a special thanks to Mercy One for providing the segments from your mental health care experts. While mental illnesses are common and treatable, many people are still afraid to talk about mental illness due to shame, misunderstanding, negative attitudes, and fear of discrimination. The goal of Make It Okay is to end the stigma. To learn more about Make It Okay, visit makeitokay.org backslash Iowa for resources, including tips for talking about mental illness and links to become a Make It Okay ambassador or get your workplace involved. We've also got links to mental health support and crisis lines if you or someone you know is struggling with mental illness. Want to help us stop stigma? Take the online pledge to Make It Okay. You can find it at makeitokay.org backslash Iowa. Thank you for listening to this episode of Make It Okay Stories, the podcast. Please share this podcast with your family, friends, and colleagues. Together, we can make it okay. This podcast is supported by Business Solver.